Welcome to the Mosh Pit, your home for unsigned punk, rock, and metal artists, where your music goes to be heard. The Rock Mart motto says, where past and present stroll side by side, in the dark of the day or the light of the night. Hell hikers, hell on heels. Cool. Uh, welcome to the Mosh Pit. It's your host, Wes Everett. I'm here with Hellbore. I got Chris and Charlie with me. Guys, if you want to intro yourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, good to, good to be here. I'm Charlie. And uh, I do, in Hellbore, I do guitars and bass and the drum programming. Wes, this is Chris. Good to be here. Thanks for having us today. Um, I am the vocalist of Hellbore. Um, also a, a multi-instrumentalist, which means uh, I'm bad at multiple instruments in uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> my other band, Dystopia AD. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Glad to have you guys on. Looking, Been looking forward to this interview for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So you guys are working on a new album or just released a new album? So, uh, yeah, we, we are releasing it on, I think it's the 18th of March. Um, we have put out two singles so far, um, which, uh, yeah, <laughs> two out of the, I guess, eight tracks that are on the album. Um, yeah, we finished up the album in, I think, uh, sort of August, September. It, it was, it was a while ago now, but it was a very slow process, but we, um, 
pretty much started, or at least I started writing uh, writing it pretty much right after we finished the previous one, which we released at the end of 2019, which now uh, definitely feels like another time, I guess. Because, uh, you know, obviously that was right before a certain global event happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of that uh, wonderful global event, how are you guys holding up during this whole thing? You guys uh, concentrating on music, y'all writing more? What um, what did lockdown do for y'all, for the positive side of it anyway? Uh, Chris, you want to try and answer that? Sure. No, I did. Uh, I think I did what a lot of 30-somethings are doing right now. Is I, I moved out into the suburbs and had a child. Um, <laughs> So maybe, maybe the least metal thing possible, <laughs> but uh, that's where I'm at and what uh, I've been spending the last couple of years doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, in my case, it didn't really affect me. Like it, my, uh, I guess life, broadly speaking, has just kind of gone uphill, not as a result of the pandemic, but just because of what I do. So I've been lucky in that I haven't been hit in a bad way by it. Obviously, a lot of people have, but it's, yeah, you know, who, who, who could see it coming? And if you could see it coming, you'd maybe move into a, a different career accordingly, depending on what it is that you're doing. Because, yeah, I know that a lot of people have not come out of it very well. Um, yeah. Musically, though, uh, it gave a lot of inspiration, I guess, um, because uh, it's a lot to be angry about. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, lots of time, lots of time at home, you know, in front of the computer with the guitars next to you, ready to go and uh, plenty of time for song, song uh, for songwriting. Septarian Threshold. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I'm glad to hear you guys are safe and, you know, nothing too bad on it. But um, let's talk about this, the new album, the uh, the recording process. What was your guys' inspiration behind the songs? So, um, well, the way we did the previous album, uh, or the previous EP, I should say, is um, I just kind of wrote it and was going to do it as a solo project. And at that point, I then met Chris online and we sort of turned it into a band project. So the music for the EP was already done by the point when we were recording it. You know, it wasn't too much of a back and forth process. What we deliberately tried to do for this one, or what I sort of went into it wanting to do as well, is to make it more of a back and forth process. Because Chris, as he said, can play everything that I can play. Um, Can you play keyboards as well, Chris? Because I can't remember. Um, Sure. You know, I mean, okay. to clarify Charlie's statement, I could play everything Charlie can, just, just not as well. Um, <laughs> I can fake my way through a few things. <laughs> well, it, either way, it means that, it, or it basically means that when you're writing your, it's kind of like having two drummers in a band. Like you can, you can bounce ideas off each other and it's, it has the potential to be better than it would be if you had, you know, one drummer or half a drummer or whatever. Um, it means that you can, um, I guess kind of be kept in kept in check because there were definitely parts of certain songs that I had written and I sent Chris and it was like, this is weird. And in some cases it was like, this is weird and I like it. And in other cases it was, this is weird and I don't like it. Um, whereas to me, it was just kind of like stuff that I was throwing out there to, to try. So, um, you know, had it just been me doing my thing, then it would have had a lot of stuff in it potentially that may not have worked as well. So just even working with another person is it's a completely different experience to working as one person. Um, do, I, do, do you get that as well, Chris? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I can't stress enough. Charlie is really the, the architect behind this and he's the, the maestro kind of writing everything. But, you know, we did have this opportunity to work asynchronously on the album and you, know, you, you kind of find what works. Right. You fact check kind of when when something maybe isn't working. Right. Let's, let's do more of this, less of that. Right. And I think the it's Charlie, as you put it, you know, the final result is, is better. Right. Um, in, in having maybe two creative people or, or two people involved in the creative process. So, you know, I, Charlie, you really are the guy that I think fathered this album. But, you know, I, I do feel like a stakeholder. and I had my influence here as well. And you know, that was part of the fun of putting this together. Yeah, I mean, either way, the album wouldn't be what it is if, if it was just me. You know, there's, there, is, there is a big chunk of Chris in this album, which is something that I definitely wanted to, uh, you know, have in it. Nice, nice. I love that, man. I, I love that there's that chemistry between you guys and just, you know, making the band all that it can be. Yeah, definitely. So what has been your biggest challenge as a band other than 2020 and all that nonsense? Um, uh, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. Cause I mean, we don't, we don't gig. Uh, Cause if you didn't know, like I, I live in the UK, Chris lives in which state are you in again? I can't remember. I'm in New Jersey. So. New Jersey. Yeah. So we're, yeah, I'm far from you and West. <laughs> yeah. We're however many time zones apart. Uh, we've never like met in person. We only know each other online. Uh-huh. Um, so I mean, 
<laughs> if gigging was an option, then that would be something that I'd potentially look to doing, but it's difficult to even think about that when you literally live on the other side of the planet. Right. Um, so it was always sort of intended to just be an online thing, which is good and bad because it means we have, we maybe have certain uh, arrangement. We don't have certain restrictions on like the arrangement of the music that a band, you know, a four piece band might have if they had to recreate it live, they would have to use like a thousand backing tracks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it's just, when it's just expected to be heard, you know, online as a song, you don't have any of that. You can pretty much just write what you want to write. You can have 20 guitar layers all doing different things and don't care that, you know, you would need 20 guys to play it live. Um, and, and I'll be honest, Charlie, like if, if I was writing songs with the intent of touring or gigging, I, I would probably write them a little bit differently. Right. And that's not to say that we can't play our own stuff. I, I think I can mostly play my own stuff. Um, but at the same time, you have these, these layers and these passages and, you know, things like, like orchestration and, and sound effects and, and shit like that, that don't always play up very well in a live setting. And, you know, like I, I think about live metal music and I think about stuff like, I don't know, something a little raw or like, like Sepultura, right? Or Entombed. And it's like, yeah, this, this kind of like raw uncut shit is made to be played live where, you know, something like Hellboard, it's a little more curated, right uh, you know some stuff yeah. just wouldn't translate as well and i think i would kind of have to tailor my songwriting approach a little bit differently if it was like this has got to sound good live and not totally suck yeah like i think part of it is a is a i guess modern versus older approach because now with computers and again everyone can just any guy who has a computer and a, and a guitar can make a song you know it doesn't the, the, the ceiling, sorry, the floor for being able to get in the barrier for entry is yeah. basically gone. Um, so part right. of it is that the fact that you can do anything means that you get a lot of people doing everything. Um, but then like another, I guess, Gojira aren't really a new band, but relative to like Sepultura, I guess they are. Um, I get the feeling that like Gojira's music is very much written to be live. Um, like how, you know, Metallica, Maiden and all of that good stuff would be um whereas, live band, by the way yeah absolutely. yeah I, i've not seen them but i i damn it they're like near the top of my list um whereas I, I love i love 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 periphery probably more than gojira to be honest but periphery are i guess the other side of that where it is extremely um produced and precise and layered and everything else and it's just a, it, it's not raw it's definitely not raw the soap girls Heart in Bloom.
That makes sense. I mean, that that's really cool because I'll be honest with you, you guys are like the second or third band that I've talked to now that you're not in the same country. You're not anywhere near each other and y'all are still putting out kick-ass music. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> do, do you feel like the way of the world, do you feel yeah. like we're a lot more connected now after everything I mean, that we've gone through? Um, I mean, as a result of the internet, the obvious answer is yes. As a result of COVID, do you mean? Or Yeah, because, yeah, we always had that technology, but people weren't really using it until... Right, yeah. Until um, really they had to. <laughs> yeah, I'd say probably. Like, I mean, the, the number of... Again, everyone is spending or was spending so much more time at home. Mm. A lot of people probably will have picked up an instrument and people who did already have instruments and maybe didn't play them anymore because they were working in an office you know you got six months off work I, I would expect there's probably quite a few people who learned how to record themselves and maybe put out a couple of songs um and that yeah. is going to lead to them working with other people so i feel like i feel like this kind of, of i guess dynamic with me and chris that kind of thing is probably happening more now than it did three four five years ago 
Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, I'm going to date myself, guys, but, you know, I remember being a teenager and being in a death metal band and, you know, sitting in my room in my parents' house and recording riffs to a, you know, a tape cassette and making <laughs> copies of it and giving it to the other guys in the band, you know, you know, learn, learn the riff and, you know, learn, learn the song, right? And we'll, we'll do band practice on Saturdays. And, you know, it's just so much easier. I guess the word I used easier before was, you know, to work asynchronously or collaboratively you know, for, for better or worse, you know, I guess the, the other side of it is that you probably get 10,000 bullshit bands that, you know, I don't really care for because that floor is so much kind of that, that barrier to entry um, is just so much lower now. Um, but I've certainly enjoyed the, the good side of it, which is, you know, being able to work, I think, cross location, but, but also in a way that suits everyone's busy schedule, right? Like I've got a day job. Charlie, you, you've got a day job, although I think you're, you're slowly transitioning into making music your day job, which is amazing. Um, but if it was, you know, showing up to band practice every weekend or twice a week, I just, you know, this thing would not happen at the pace it happened, if at all. Yeah, like, um, well, comparison of like the, the tape machine to Guitar Pro, you know, how quick is it to write down a riff on Guitar Pro, send it over and be like, yeah, let's use this one. Like the, it's it's kind of at the point where you don't necessarily need uh, band practices anymore. Even if we were a gigging band, like you can um, you can write entire songs without actually jamming with anyone. And I, I do think that you have you definitely have the potential to lose something there. Like if it was a if Hellball was like a four or five person band, not two, then I feel like it would be a lot harder to it would also be a lot, a lot more of a lengthy process to actually write music together because if you're not in a room jamming with people, there's, there are just things that are not going to happen. Um, whereas like one of my favorite bands, Dream Theater, the way they do it is they'll just, you know, they'll rent out a studio for six months or something insane and they'll just write the album in the jamming room. Like, obviously they go in with some ideas, but they're not sending each other guitar pro tabs and, you know, recording each other and then sending the files off to the guy to mix it. It's, it's just, <laughs> and, and awesome. it's a different approach. Well, that's awesome. But you know, it's just not everyone's got six months. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> you know, the, that's the difference. Put their life on hold, but uh, you know, that sounds fun too. Hellbore, all men are created evil.
Awesome, man. You know, bringing up the uh, the being able to collaborate with people online now, who would you guys, who is your dream that you could collaborate with any band? Who would it be? Uh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to have a think. I mean, so uh, if, if we're not putting any limitations on it, then um, I'll go for... The at the moment, one of my favorite vocalists, I, I can't remember his name, it's the guy from Shadow of Intent. Ben, Bender. yes, he, I just I love his vocals. I think he's he, he just does this disgusting, like toilet bowl noise, which is yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, I just love his vocals. And then apart from that, it would be probably because uh, all uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but all of our drums are programmed, like I program them all, we don't have a drummer. Um, and that would probably be the thing that I would like to change if that ever became an option. It's just, I can't play the drums and I definitely can't, you know, I'm not going to be able to play the drums for the kind of music that we play anytime soon. So, you know, collaborating with a, with a fantastic metal drummer would be pretty close to the top of my list. I just, I would have to have a think about who it would be if, uh, you know, if money were no concern. Nice. Those are good answers, man. Do you guys have any advice for any bands that are trying to make a name for themselves in this music business? Ooh. Charlie, you want to take that or, you know, I can kind of. Uh, up to you. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sure what to say because uh, I mean, you've, you've done, um, are you in two other bands dystopia? And was there another one? Yeah. I'm part of a, a German, you know, death metal project as well called, black negative domination um no that's a, a kick-ass project that i work i work on with um you know project primarily based out of germany that uh, i provide vocals for i you know I, I don't know that i've made it in this industry right i'm more of a corporate sellout and spend a lot of my time making my money that way but this is more my passion and i think i've enjoyed a certain degree of success and i'm certainly proud of and stand by some of the works that i've been part of i, I would say you know, my, my kind of recipes for success or what I try and think of, you know, one at the end of the day, it's got to be something you could play back and enjoy, right? You got to be doing it for you, right? Even if you sell zero copies of the record, you got to be cool kind of sitting back with a beer and putting on your own shit and saying, yeah, this kicks ass, man, right? And if you could achieve that, then, you know, it doesn't really matter how many records you sell. Um, if you are in the, the game of, of selling records, I would say, you know, invest in a good logo, invest in good art, 
I'm telling you, metal fans are big on aesthetics, right? When they're flipping through Bandcamp and looking for stuff to buy on Friday, you know, good artwork is what's going to get them in. The music is what's going to get them to stay and buy. But, you know, don't, don't make your cover on Microsoft Paint. Don't get your friend's little brother to make some bullshit cover for you. You know, spend a couple hundred bucks, do it right. It will pay itself back in sales uh, if you know what you're doing. And then I would say also, you know, if you can afford it, invest in the PR guy, right? So we work with Curtis from Dewar PR. Um, all I could say is, you know, he's been worth every penny in terms of connecting my music or projects I've been part of with new listeners, right? And that investment was always well worth it. Um, and in, in many cases paid itself off and then some. So terrific guy, um, absolutely worth it. Um, Charlie, any, any tips? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is that in, from, cause I, I've, I've not done stuff in other bands, um, at least not anything recorded, but I have done um, multiple like solo projects, which is not like that. I'm literally just doing it for me. I don't really care if anyone else listens to or likes it, which is why the music is all over the place. And it's kind of schizophrenic when you go from album to album. Um, the difference with this, uh, Panopticon, the album that we're doing, that we, that we got coming out next month, is that it's the first time that I have ever had anyone other than me looking forward to it <laughs> because we did an EP and it just, we, like, we didn't do the PR thing. I made the art myself. We didn't do everything that Chris just said. We did still manage to get a few people just naturally like, yeah, I really like this. I want to hear more, which means that what we're, what we're doing now is for the first time in ever in in my life there's other people who are actually looking forward to it you know yeah oh yeah so i feel cool. like going for you know going for working with curtis uh, and having him helping out on pr is definitely doing it on this particular project like doing it on the last one wouldn't have made as much sense i don't think but now it's like there are natural you know genuine natural organic fans of the of the ep so it's almost like a proof of concept i guess yeah, that's the term I was going to use, Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> dude, we're uh, we're definitely excited to play any new music that you guys have coming out. We're looking forward to playing some off the new album, and uh, awesome! Can't wait to promote you guys too. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last one. I'll let you guys get on with your days. Um, your three goals for twenty twenty two. What are they? I mean, mine, mine are easy, but they're kind of boring and they're not metal. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm buying a house next month uh, and I'm getting married in like August. So I, I kind of like both of those things to happen relatively smoothly. Um, I mean, apart from that, honestly, I, it's, it's the release of the album. Like, I don't have anything else major planned apart from that. And I would just... You know, I, I want people to hear it and I want people to like it. Um, so that that would just be, that would be fantastic if some people like it. <laughs> Good goals, man. Good goals. And congratulations on uh, the marriage, the new house, making it to Thank 30, you, you know, all that yes. fun stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Dystopia AD, Plague Bringers.
I guess uh, if you guys want to plug your socials, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. So uh, our Facebook, we just like, we, we just post to it every now and then we're obviously posting more now because we've got a, the album coming out is uh, facebook.com slash hellbore metal, H-E-L-L-B-O-R-E. Um, funny, I guess, side note, we uh, accidentally found out that if you misspell hellbore, it's the name of a flower. There, there is a flower called a hellbore. Um, <laughs> yeah so uh, don't be misspelling that or I don't know where you'll end up um, nice we don't use like Instagram or Twitter or anything because I, I just don't like them I can't say I blame you there yeah <laughs> I, I'll just take a second and plug my other group right which yeah, is yeah. still be AD you can find us on Facebook the last record came out in 2020 we've got another record coming out this summer you know I think if you like Hellbore, uh, definitely if you like the, the vocals of Hellbore, <laughs> if you like the Snoopy AD, it's maybe a little less technical, a little raw, more progressive, experimental, but, you know, I, I think a lot of uh, common themes and, you know, appeal there as well. So, you know, while I've got the form here, I'll just plug that as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, my hook up and do an interview with you guys as well. Looking forward to that. We'll be in touch with. Definitely. Well, guys, uh, thank y'all so much for sitting in on the mosh pit. I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you Wes, Thanks for your time. Take care. Yeah. Talk Absolutely. Soon. Later, fellas. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Even now, products for roofing are still being manufactured from material found at the sites of early slate quarries. Polk County was created December 20th, 1851, from parts of Floyd and Paulding. Cedartown was named Seat of Polk, and Dallas became the Seat of Paulding. Van Wert's star began to wane. Van Wert is now known as a suburb of Rockmart. Throw the fight, the fallout.
We hope you've learned a lot about our history of Rockmart, Georgia, and Vanwert. We hope you come out and see some of the places, take some photos, and just hang out. Come hang out in the mosh pit. Come see our beautiful downtown Rockmart. Come mingle with the folks. Spend your wonderful money in our great, wonderful stores. There's plenty of things to do, plenty of places to visit, and plenty of people to see. If you're ever in town, swing by the mosh pit. We'll be glad to give you a tour. For now, we hope you've enjoyed this and hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Ah!